tuned into the greatest. Peace up, A Town. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Welcome to The Conversation, the weekly show dedicated to helping you look, feel, and be your best self. I'm your host, Khalif, like a leaf on a tree, and today I'm having a conversation with none other than Miss Hope Giselle. She's a national organizer, activist, author, and so much more. We're talking everything from the quote-unquote gay agenda, Flame and Rose Breakfast Club interview, Dwayne Wade's daughter, FX's hit series Pose, all this and so much more coming up next on the all-new Conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Hope Giselle. So good. Finally, so good. I'm so happy to have you here today. It is such an honor to just be on the phone with you because I thoroughly enjoy the videos you post on Instagram and I find them to be very informative. So thank you so much. No biggie, no biggie. I'm happy to be here. If you don't mind um, just telling the listeners who are clueless, like, who is Hope Giselle? Just tell them who you are, where you're from, and what exactly you do. So my name is Hope Giselle. I'm a national organizer and advocate and activist. Uh, A lot of that just simply means that I do a bunch of work around a specific topic Um, and subject matter. Most of my topics that I do focus on are women's rights, um, the rights of black folk, and LGBT rights with a focus on trans women of color. Um, I am from Miami, but I have transplanted myself into D.C. because I think that it's um, easier for me to do work from D.C. And I, I just, I love what I do. I, I do a bunch of um, advocating and activizing. Uh, the difference between an advocate and an activist is that advocates usually push a lot of paper around to get things done, um, whereas activists tend to be the people on the front lines that you see on CNN and the news and things like that. Um, and I do a bit of both. Um, I'm willing to punch the police in the face, but I'm also willing to go to Capitol Hill and, and lobby. So wow. I, I like to, you know, pull a little bit of everything out of the hat wow so we're gonna get into today's topics but first i just wanted to ask you what do you think are a few issues pertaining to trans people that cisgendered people may not be aware of um i don't think that there there's a lot of stuff that just people aren't aware of at this point um what i do think is that there are a lot of cis people who like to ignore um the rights of trans folks um and like to ignore um the humanity of trans people on a lot of different levels right when we talk about uh pronoun usage when we talk about the idea of, of just acknowledging trans people as human beings i don't think that it's that cis people don't know that they should be doing these things i think that it's that they disregard it um because it is trans people and because trans people aren't seen as you know like full sets of human beings um which is problematic in and of itself but it's something that uh needs to kind of be checked and talked about but i just don't think that's exposed already to have the conversation in a way that is going to be dually inclusive so that's my two cents on that so we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we are going to be talking about ballroom culture and fx's hit series pose but stay tuned because later on in the show we're going to be talking about flame and rose first breakfast club interview as well as Dwayne wade's daughter coming out as transgender don't go anywhere we'll be right back you're listening to the conversation with khalif the category is royalty what exactly is a ball Balls are a gathering of people who are not welcome to gather anywhere else. Welcome to the ballroom world. I ask everyone who comes in here, what do you want? Is this your first time doing something like this? It is time we remind the world who we are. So what you just heard was a clip from FX's hit series, Pose. And I just want to talk with my special guest, LGBTQ activist and national organizer, Miss Hope Giselle. So I just want to talk about FX's hit series, Pose, because that was my first introduction to 
anything ever involving trans women uh, outside of seeing Paris is Burning after I watched Pose because I was like, oh, I love Pose. However, I just wanted to know what are your thoughts on well, for those of you who don't know, Pose is a series that uh, chronicles the triumphs and struggles of the 1980s of trans women's struggle in the ni- struggles in the 1980s ballroom scene. And I just wanted to know what are your thoughts regarding that whole ballroom scene? Um, honestly, when it comes to ballroom, now um, when we talk about ballroom, I'm not a fan of ballroom. I I I, I just don't. Um, I don't particularly like what I think that ballroom stands for. And I'm one of those people that is willing to admit um, that I've never been to a ball a day in my life. However, I've seen them online. I hear the way that folks who are in the culture talk uh, to and about one another. And it's just not my cup of tea. It's not something... um, it's not something that I would be personally interested in taking part of. I think that, especially as far as trans women are concerned, ballroom culture helps to um, just add to the continued stigmas around trans women being overly feminine and, um, you know, putting themselves in risky situations to get surgeries that may or may not be necessary dependent on what that person actually wants versus what they feel like they need because of the pressures of ballroom culture and, the ballroom itself is just is is not what i would like to think of as a healthy you know space for trans women Mm -hmm. however the show i think um and the visibility that it brought uh to the world and to cis folks who wouldn't have had you know the privilege or the honor of talking to trans folks up close and personal um i'm really excited about that a lot of people uh, who actually do know me and, and follow me on social media know that I'm friends with, you know, damn near the entire cast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super excited about what they do on a, you know, a weekly basis in the in the midsummer. Um, I'm super excited about the show and I'm super excited about Pose. But I do have qualms, you know. I have issues with some of the writing and I have issue with some of the, the colorism and I have issue mm-hmm. with the fact that the story isn't necessarily original. Um, I, I I love the idea that they're telling, you know, the Paris is burning stories in case you don't know that that's what's happening. Right. Um, Pose is, is retelling a lot of the stories that Paris is burning kind of glazed over um, because Paris is burning was a documentary, but it wasn't like a documentary that could fit like all of those stories because they were each like their own sort of deal. Right. Um, and so I really uh, applaud Post for doing that, but I do wish that the story was original. I do wish um, that outside of the characters, at least, you know, I wish that the story was like something that came from the mind of uh, a new age girl. And I'm really excited to see where they go with season three because of that, um, because they seem to be time jumping. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to see Pose in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be interesting. Um, to kind of see how they tackle that and how the, the characters will tackle that. Um, but overall, I think that the show is worth it. It's definitely necessary. There are just tweaks, but I think that we all have criticisms about things, no matter how good they are. So that's my my pose to talk. So when you mentioned that um, some, of, some of the issues that you have with the show, I'm thinking of some of the issues that I have also with the show because I feel like the standard of beauty that is set for like trans women, I don't know. In, in, in Paris is Burning, they kind of addressed that the standard was to be like a white woman. And I was mm-hmm. like, I find that to be very problematic because mm-hmm. as a black person, I'm not trying to be like white people. We are the most unique and most beautiful people in the world. So the idea of your nose and this and everything has to be like a white woman. I just found that to be such self-hate as for black people in general, because the show is really uh, it has tackles a lot about black trans women. And I just feel like they really kind of just scoped over the blackness of it and just more of like it's it's we're trying to be like white women type thing. Mm-hmm. So another thing I wanted to talk about was how do you feel about this? I don't know. I feel like there's just an over sexualization of 
trans and gay and lesbian people. I feel like the only scenes that we really see, they're just sporadic sexual encounters. Like we don't really see a relationship, a healthy relationship on TV, no matter if it's how to get away with murder, a little bit of empire in there or pose. So what do you feel like is necessary? Because I know you majored in theater Am I correct? Which I'm actually a theater major as well. So I was like, oh, snap. But what do you, how do you feel as a people or as artists, we can combat these stigmas surrounding gay, trans, and lesbian people? Well, I would say that, you know, it's about getting ourselves into the writer's chair Mm. but we're doing that right you know like janet mock is writing and you know so are these other people like all these other folks are helping to write the stories but they're writing the stories based off of white folks comfort and Mm. and based off of cis comfort uh which was my issue with moonlight i felt like moonlight was a very lackluster film and i felt like it was because it was written from the gaze of writing for cis black male approval about you know what would be okay for cis black men to sit in the movie theater and watch Mm -hmm. um and mind you they still didn't go watch it you know but um i really hate when we feel like we have to dull down um our, our love affairs or our relationships or um the way in which we love because cis people have to um i'm sorry uh because these people have to be able to digest it a certain way mm-hmm. um and i i really think that getting truth tellers in in the seats right our relationships are more than toxic our relationships are more than you know a trick and a, a, a trans woman or a down love person and a, and a gay guy or some woman who has a wife and a lesbian you know like uh, a husband and, and a lesbian woman. i think that our relationships are so multifaceted and they're not always these toxic things they're basic ass relationships and you get in them and then something happens and you realize that sometimes you're not meant for each other and we move on just like everybody else right um but I think that there's this inherent need to show um, cis people that we go through struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Because showing them that we go through struggle gets a, you know, empathy. And I'm over the empathy train. I don't think that I should have to get you to, to, to be empathetic of me and my life on a television show for you to treat me right. Um, and... Uh, we're we're just at this point in television where I think we've done that and now we need to move on to just telling the basic stories so that folks can understand that there's no need Um, I really want to get to the point where there's no need to write an article about Pose anymore because it is regular shit Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want to get to the point where there's no need to, to write an article about the L word anymore because it's regular shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and until we, we get to that point, um, I think that the solution is going to be continuing to tell them basic nigga ass stories so that they leave us alone um, and stop treating us like we're a zoo exhibit. That, that's what I really think that the, um, the help is going to be is just telling stories that sound like cis stories, except with LGBT folks, right. because our stories are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as anything else that I would want to see, um, I think I want to see more big girls, though. Mm-hmm. I do want to see more of a character variety. Um, I'm I'm sick of the of the of the skinny thick thick figure. <laughs> Everybody could be, you know, a model character on Pose. Um, the, the the community, and especially if you know ballroom community, a lot of the girls who are running the balls are the big girls with the loud voices that are carrying, you know, these mics and really turning the balls out. It's not like you know, pray tell and. Um, right. You know, it's not like people that look like Angel and MJ. It's 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 folks that are like these big girls are go- going into the ball and running shit. And I think that I would love to see more variety in that way, um, more of a, a, a size differentiation that doesn't involve just being an extra. Like I want to see a big girl on the show or a big guy on the show who actually has a substantial um, character. Because if we're here to represent the community in all its glory then let's represent the community in all its glory um, and actually put folks on the map uh, who don't have this traditional sense of, of Eurocentric beauty. Now, another thing I've noticed with Pose is um, the ballroom scene 
in particular does not just cover trans women it also covers trans men which i feel like they've never addressed on this show or maybe i'm just a little too behind in season the current season but i feel like they've never addressed any men's issue maybe that's just the focus of the show um as it pertains to trans men especially on pose um they use late ashley and a couple of other people i believe um but uh those trans men are very uh male passing um mm. And from what I understand, because I do have a, a bunch of friends that are in the ballroom scene, is that most trans men um, walk male categories because a lot of them pass. Um, and so there's no there's no differentiation in the ballroom for trans men. Um, you either pass and you walk male categories or you don't pass and you still walk male categories because um, there just hasn't been a need in that way, at least not coming from uh, men who compete. Uh or, or I guess specifically trans men who compete, there hasn't been a need or, you know, an outcry from them in the ballroom community to, you know, create like a specific trans man category. They, they do exist every now and then, but uh, most trans men don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, 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 the same, it's the same way in, in real life. I think that trans men, um, and when we say it, it's like, they agree, but they just don't like it. Trans men just don't go through the same amount of, of, of scrutiny and, and turmoil as you know, trans women do. Uh, and a lot of that is because most of them pass because testosterone is a hell of a drug. Mm. Um, but breaking down testosterone, however, in some cases is not easy. So you have a lot of trans women who go through things because a lot of trans women are visibly trans, whereas trans men, if they don't pass, they're just assumed to be lesbians. And then in that case, lesbian women don't go through the same thing as gay men go through. Right. Um, and these are things that, you know, we're all privy to. It's not... Um, it's not, you know, news. Uh, every now and then, you do have a, a, a lesbian woman or a trans man that's attacked, but it is a very rare occasion that somebody is going to attack a trans man or a lesbian woman. Um, and so I think that the show wants to focus on the folks that are being harmed and killed, Um on a regular basis versus focusing on a more minute community of people mm-hmm. who um, are not being targeted in the same way um, and at the same level. So I think I would love like a trans male character on the show. I think I would like that maybe. Um, I also think that they're doing really good uh, with telling the story as is and kind of introducing us to small things here and there. I think that that's the one thing that I do like is that they, they introduce us to like very nuanced things um, as we move through the season. So hopefully in this season they do uh, kind of touch on, you know, trans men or, or, and maybe give us an actual trans male character to follow. But I think I'm cool. So one of the things, um, one of the things I noticed you were uh, mentioning was the murders that have been occurring in the trans community, which I feel like people on social media it gets mentioned sometimes on a very rare occasion, but as far as the mass media, they never mention it. And one thing posed it, um, I think it was season two yeah the beginning of season two they actually killed off one of the characters and i thought the way they did it was so perfect because it was it it kind of felt realistic in the fact that one day you see someone here and almost like the whole kobe bryant all of a sudden is just gone it's the same situation that happens like on a regular basis for trans women and i just wanted to talk about trans women's murders going on in the country so do you know um what are some of those statistics and the frequency on which these things occur um so last year reported they had 25 trans murders um unreported from a lot of the sisters that reached out to me because of the work that i do we had 29 trans murders um if not 30 give or take um whether or not we're talking about just black trans women. Um, And so that was, and those were the ones that people knew about, right? Um, A lot of the time trans women are being misgendered uh, purposely because people want to cover up how often this is happening specifically to trans women and specifically to black trans women because they know that we're counting now and they know that it's becoming a thing now. And so a lot of the police, 
are kind of covering it up and then you have their families agreeing to cover it up because their families are embarrassed and they don't want anybody to know that they had a trans daughter and and so that becomes a thing and so i think that people need to really understand and realize that a lot of the numbers around trans murders are skewed Mm -hmm. because of ignorance which is ridiculous um so there's that uh then we also have the issue where we're talking about whether or not um transitioning is heightening or or lowering uh suicide rates but what we see is that 16 percent of the suicide rate has dropped since the ideology of transitioning has become um more accepted in the community we're seeing uh school council visits by lgbt students um lessen since the inception of pose we're seeing you know like just the numbers like kind of plummet in a way but what we are noticing is that when it comes to specifically black and brown um trans folks the number of them who say that they experience both homophobia transphobia and racism in schools is 98 percent so we're talking about being black and queer and nine times out of ten trans and experiencing all of those things at once in one school day um and this was a study that was done by hrc i'm not just pulling these numbers out of my ass you can go and check them um I'd like to do my research on my numbers because people need to know that this is a thing. When we're talking about the LGBT community, a lot of people are doing these numbers based off of white folks who don't really go through the, the struggles in the same way that black folks do. But when we talk specifically about black children and when we're talking specifically about black children in schools, the number of them that experience um, a plethora of different isms because of their, you know, who they are is 98%. So imagine um, not having a show like Pose and, and not having um, more visibility in the media, media and not seeing yourself and then having to deal with those things. Like, I think that um, the numbers are slowly, you know, depleting, but they're depleting for white, you know, LGBT. QIA plus people, they're not necessarily depleting it, you know, in the most because of black kids. Because I think that if we look back at the survey that was done the year before, we're talking about 100% of kids that were black and saying that these were, you know, their experiences. So we, we've got a long way to go as far as um, what it means to be protecting uh, black queer folks. Uh, but I do think that the visibility is helping with. Uh, sort of lessening those percentages over time. So one thing I have noticed, especially after I followed your page, I just became so much more aware of the role that cisgendered people, because people can be gay and still be very um, mean and cruel towards trans people. Uh, specifically, I first noticed that when Pose did that episode where they, uh, the character Blanca was um, kicked out of a gay bar because they were like, your, your people aren't, aren't welcome here. And it was like, you guys are all this group of people who have been um, considered a subgroup of society, but you still have to lessen, will make yourself feel better to lessen someone else. And I was like that was just something I was completely unaware of because people think, oh, I might be this gay person and that automatically means I'm an um, an ally to the trans community. Well, sometimes you might be like the biggest problem to the trans community mm-hmm. because they'll, uh, especially when I was watching Pose, I was like, they're reading people, quote unquote, uh, telling them, oh, I can see your stubble or this or that. I'm like, um, wh- what's up with that? So I'm just like, what, what do you think trans not trans cisgendered people need to know regarding how problematic they have been and can be towards trans peoples even i would say i don't know i'm I'm not all not speaking of all but a lot of black women feel like oh that's a man in a dress type thing and it's just like oh my gosh y'all don't realize y'all are part of the problem i i I I struggle with what to say in most cases around these issues. And it's only because I really do genuinely feel like a lot of them are equipped with the tools that they need. I just don't think that most of them are at a point um, where they care, you know, and I, I, 
I genuinely understand not being able to care about something that you don't understand, right? Um, and not being able to have like a really good grasp on why something should matter um, when it's just not particularly your area of, 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 of expertise and, it, and you don't feel like it affects you. But what I do think that um, Black folk should know, right, specifically Black women should know um, and Black men should know is that Black LGBT people are so Black and we go through the same amount of turmoil that you go through as Black people. Um while also going through, you know, the, the turmoil of being queer. And so having that respect and, and giving us that respect and loving us that much um, as your black family should be a priority. Uh, and I think that that's something that I wish that a lot more of them would acknowledge that we are your family in the same way that Kobe was your family in the same way that, you know, all these other people, um, whom you all have never met, but love. Oh, so much, you know, mm -hmm. I think that, um, we just would like that same respect given back to us as queer people. And that is where the ball is dropping is that there's a lack of respect because there's people just, a lot of black folks just don't feel like we need it or that we are deserving of it because, of whatever stigmas they've created in their head, you know, and, and that's the most disheartening thing. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. Welcome back to The Conversation. I'm here with my very special guest, national organizer and LGBTQ activist, Miss Hope Giselle. And we're getting ready to discuss Miss Flame Monroe's very controversial Breakfast Club interview. But before we discuss that, I would just like to discuss with you, Hope, um, what are your thoughts on RuPaul's comments regarding trans women doing drag? I'm not sure. Are you aware of what he said? Um, I know exactly what Ru has, has said. Um, I honestly, look here, let me tell you something. A lot of folks are not going to agree with Hope because Hope's like to keep it real. Mm. Um, that is Ru's show. That is Ru's baby. And it is a drag show. I personally don't necessarily agree with the idea as of right now of trans women doing drag because I feel like it sends this weird um, message to folks who just genuinely still don't get it. Mm -hmm. And we're not at a space where um, they have gotten it enough for us to let them know that, you know, being trans isn't a monolith and that, you know, you can be a trans female impersonator, which I wish that a lot of folks would understand that um, when you are a trans woman doing uh, the art of drag, that it should be referred to as female impersonation and not drag. Um, but, you know, I there, there's so many layers that go into that, and I'm not a drag queen, so I'm not qualified to really talk about a lot of that stuff if you ask them. Um, but as it pertains to RuPaul, I don't think that anything that he said was wrong. I just think that people don't like the idea of not being able to. And I, I spoke about this. I think that sometimes the, the trans community, especially trans women, um, feel entitled to everything simply because we were trans and we showed up. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I, you know, like I, I really feel like it's one of those things where sometimes you have to realize when a space isn't for you. This is a drag competition that was made for men who dress up as women and not a, a competition for female impersonators um, who are well equipped with a lot of the tools. So I think that when it first happened with Carmen Carrera and it happened after she left the show, like, okay, cool. But then we started to have girls come onto the show who, you know, had already had their breasts done and had already had like all of this work and, um, to me, it just gave an unfair advantage, and I understood where Rue was coming from. Like, you have these girls that transition and come onto the show, and, like, there's these men that have to put on these pads, and, you know, like, it takes away from it. Like, when you've had facial feminization surgery, and now, you know, your beat is flawless because you don't have to worry about, you know, contouring to the gods. And mm. it, it, I, I think that there's, there's just a difference. And, um... While I haven't heard his latest, you know, comments uh, in regards to Carmen Carrera coming at him again, um, I do think that Rue had a point. The show was not, the show is for men, you know, and if you are a trans woman, um, then respect that space. 
I don't care if you're a trans woman who does drag. Respect that space and respect that that space was created for men who do drag and not trans women who do drag. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with Rue requesting that. Like, right. that's his shit. You know what I'm saying? If you feel a way about it, then get together with your coins that you've collected since being on the show mm-hmm. and make your own show. Right. You know, you know, um, there are not a lot of spaces where I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm with that phrasing of like, Oh, make your own, whatever the case may be. I do hate when a lot of folks, uh, say that but i think in this particular instance it is a a, a go make your own show if you don't like the way that rue is running his show because his show is for men like and i know a lot of people are gonna say that you know oh well what about the black girls rock when angelica ross said that but black girls rock is made for black girls and trans trans girls are 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 black girls as well um and so i don't think that there's a need to go and create something else when we exist and when we should be invited into this space but rupaul's drag race was not created as an inclusive space for trans women it was made for black male drag performers and if he says no that should be what it is Mm -hmm. And, and that's just what it is and honestly I don't think that Rue is saying no because he doesn't like trans women. I think that Rue is saying no because of the unfair advantages that being a trans woman has in drag. You know, like, I I really think that that's what it is. So it's just, you know, uh, I don't care for Rue. Like, let's be very clear, and I I, I can go on record saying that. I don't care for Rue at all, so this isn't about me being a a mega fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have other issues with Mr. Charles, but um, I, I don't think that he did anything or he said anything wrong or abrasive to the trans community by saying that this is a show for men and drag. Like, I, 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 I didn't get that uproar, but, you know, it is what it is. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. Another drag queen that has caused a lot of talk is comedian and drag queen and hyphen, 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 a lot of other things. Flame Monroe, and she calls herself he, she, we. And one thing I wanted to note that she said was she isn't the voice of trans people, but I think she kind of, when you get on such a big platform like the Breakfast Club and you decide to talk about these issues, you've become the voice for trans people, for everybody else who doesn't know anything about anything. And when I first heard the interview, I was able to eat the meat and spit out the bones because her, how she feels and everything has real legit points that are made. But something Yolanda Van Zant said it like this one time. She said, your delivery diminishes your message. And I just was wondering, why do you think so many people find Flame Monroe to be so problematic? Because what Flame um, confirmed for a lot of cis people is that they don't have to respect us. And I think that that's the difference in um, in what Flame said versus what, uh, you know, people like Rue and all these other things said. There's no disrespect in trans women with saying that this space was not created for you. What there is a, um, what there is a problem with is that having somebody who, first of all, let's be very clear. Flame represents what cis people want trans women to look like. They want to be able to see us coming from a mile away. They want to be able to not have conversations with us that may get sexual or romantic. They want to be able to sit in a space with us and know that they're not going to be attracted to us because they know that we're trans. And so while Flame might have breasts and, and, and have had, you know, a couple of surgeries done to go get the hips, Flame is visibly trans. And they wish that all of us look like that. And I, I honestly believe, let me tell you something. If all trans women were walking around here looking like Flame, there would be no issue with trans people. Mm. The reason that there's an issue with trans people, trans women specifically, is because some of us do pass. And some of us are able to sit next to your husband and make his dick just as hard as you make his dick. Some of us are able to sit next to your brother and engage in conversation with him without him knowing that we're trans. And that's the problem. The problem is that they feel like they're being tricked when really all you're doing is having a conversation with a beautiful woman who just so happens to have a history that you have been taught to hate. And Flame went on The Breakfast Club and then reiterated those things as if they were the truth and reiterated this fear-mongering culture that gets trans girls shot down in the street for no reason, that gets trans girls killed on dates, that gets trans girls sought out, that even gets gay men put in, in, in compromising situations on grind 
gender. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where it's just like to get up there and not acknowledge your responsibility as a public figure was irresponsible. And I think that that's why people are upset. That's why I'm upset. Um, and what's really funny is that Flame actually just followed me on Facebook um, after like uh, after uh, disregarding my messages um, on Instagram. I think it's just because she doesn't remember who the fuck I am. Um, but she listened to my message around the Dwayne Wade situation and she liked it and, you know, she, like, gave me praise and accolades for it. But when it came down to my message about her... Um, you know, understanding her place of privilege in this world and how her, how her messaging was a little problematic, you know, she read my shit and then deleted it out of her inbox. Oh, and wow. so it's just like, I, I, I think that we have to, we have to be a little bit more responsible with our privilege. And she had the privilege to sit up there on the Breakfast Club and it was after, you know, a, a Janet Mock interview. It was after, you know, Nala Simone went up there and like really schooled them and then to turn around and like do this unteaching mm-hmm. and this untethering of respect and then think that it was okay and, and be upset that people are upset. Like that was problematic as fuck. And I would like to think of Flame as more of a non-binary person. I don't think that Flame is a trans woman. I think that she's a non-binary femme, but I don't think that she is a trans person. And that that's a whole other thing, is that she doesn't even understand that. She doesn't know terminology. She comes from the days of, you know, where there were transsexuals and trannies, and, you know, and that those things were safe to say. But she doesn't come from, you know today's time where there are a bunch of different um times so it's just it's ridiculous so do you flame said a lot in that interview but there were certain portions that i i feel like i agreed with in terms of uh when she when she broke down the whole dave Chappelle thing how she was saying um the who, who she said was in the front the gay people are in the front seat then what was it i forgot whatever she said she was saying that i agree with that as well when i when i saw that um i didn't see anything wrong with it the first one i didn't particularly care for the second one where he made that joke i thought that that joke was fine it was funny and it was truthful Mm -hmm. um so i didn't get the uproar about you know that that second i didn't get that um but because i i really felt like they really executed that joke well um i felt like the joke was not only a joke but it was true to how the community is um and i didn't have a problem with it i think that what happened was because of his first joke um in his first special there were folks who didn't even watch it and just got upset just because they heard other people were upset. And I did my own research. I like to do my own research. I like to, you know, figure out how I feel about things before I just jump on the bandwagon. And I agree with you. I don't think that there was anything wrong with, you know, that analogy because it's true. But, you know, people don't like to do their own research and they got sucked into what was happening. So, um, I actually think I think did did Dave Chappelle phrase it the same way um, Flame phrased it where she was saying that there's like the LGB and then those are all the people in the car and then she was saying that the T is on the side of the car type thing. Did you hear the that? The T stands. The T stands alone. Yes, and I was just it 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 was like a light bulb moment for me because it was like wow, um, especially in terms of the difference between gay men in terms of black gay men versus white gay men and mm-hmm. i think those portions of the interview were like the meat but then when she got to talking about how she said what did she say she said she said um we and that's why i had a problem when she said we i was like you talking about show situation but she said we as trans people are female impersonators we learned this and that from the black woman she was like i'm gonna give respect back to the black woman yada 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 and I feel like that just confused people on a whole new level because it was just like, what in the world? I, I mean, I'm, I'm all about giving um, respect back to black women, but not as a drag performer. Like, I, I think that there, there was a lot of, of, of contradiction within her message that she is unprepared to take responsibility for. Um, and I think that that's a lot of the reason that people are upset because it's like, just admit that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
just admit that you don't know what you're talking about and um, allow that to be what it is. But I think that she wanted to, you know, she wanted to make sure that she was right. And it was about her being right and not having to renege on being right. And then she got all of these, you know, people supporting her and this, that, and the third. So now she doesn't feel like she has to say anything because she has all of these cis folks um, supporting the message that she dropped out. But I I definitely think that she understands and and sees how she was wrong. But do I think she's going to ever admit it? Hell no. Mm. Because actually... um... I knew Flame Monroe before Tiffany had it. Not new. I don't know that woman. Uh, but I knew of Flame Monroe before the Breakfast Club interview, before the whole Tiffany Haddish thing. And I never knew. I mean, my perceptions of trans people came from Flame, which were very much skewed. And then once I started listening to some of the things you were saying, I was like, Flame is causing a whole lot of confusion, adding a lot of validity to a lot of things that straight and cisgendered people think about trans people yep. and I just was like how can you misuse your platform in that way because I don't know as as a black man there's certain things you just not gonna get me to say out here right. in the streets especially not on a breakfast club and it just was like I've heard people refer to flame as a coon for the trans community and just listening to you because I was actually I was like why do why do people think that but listening to the things you've been saying I'm like oh my goodness like you're doing sometimes you're doing more damage than good now granted there are some things that she said that had a lot of truth to it and I, I agreed with but the things that were just way left field I didn't agree with I don't know it just was really throwing me for a loop I was like really flame but yeah, I think flame's is. audience is more of a straight audience yeah definitely and that's who she wants to hold on to and i don't think that there's anything wrong with that but don't forsake your community you know don't forsake your community while doing so you know mm-hmm. um i think that that's my my biggest issue with her at this juncture is that it's like i'm gonna i'm willing to throw my community under the bus wild you know trying to build this other thing and i just i didn't i wasn't okay with that right now i do feel like flame is a talented comedian um i'm a huge fan of comedy but i think the approach i've noticed um comedians like monique monique brought attention to she was always like the big girls and she was always empowering people who are a little on the fluffier side but i feel like flame is just making more of a mockery kind of like how a lot of comedians make mockeries, even like Kevin Hart makes a mockery of how he's short and all that. But it's a difference between making a mockery of your height versus making a mockery of your whole community. Yep. And I just, it's, it's literally, I'm having the aha moment right here. But it makes so much sense now why people just don't agree with everything. Because I'm not the type of person who is into cancel culture. But I'm able to eat the meat, spit out the bones. But a lot of people don't know how to, they just want to eat the whole thing. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. All right, still to come in the show, we're talking about Dwayne Wade and uh, the whole situation with his son transitioning into his daughter. Um, We're not going to be talking about the Boosie, whatever his name is, situation because this episode was actually recorded before Boosie made those comments. But um, right now I want to talk with Hope about this quote-unquote gay agenda the gay agenda we keep hearing about it and i just want to know what is the agenda uh, honestly um <laughs> there child i think the agenda is <laughs> honestly if, if i have to say that there is an agenda i think that the agenda is being comfortable and i think a lot especially when it comes to black men i think that a lot of black men have been comfortable being uncomfortable for so long that asking them to you know to forego that and 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 just do what the fuck they want to do is a problem (laughs) (laughs) um it it, it really it, it just is i feel like a lot of it is just it's a problem because they're being asked or they're being told that they can do what the fuck they want to do mm-hmm. and um 
a lot of time black men are not able to do what the fuck they want to do and so it becomes this discomfort and, and, and freedom which is sad. It really is. It's really sad that black men have a discomfort with freedom. Um, but they're going to have to get over that shit. <laughs> um, they're they're really going to have to get over that shit. And um, I, I can't wait until they do, you know, because it, it, it's just, it is really sad to see some of my brothers out here um, who, are, who are threatened by, you know, I was on um, Instagram the other day and this guy was inside like it looked like a wawa or something like that and um a wahoo a, a wawa is like a 7-eleven but we have them up here in dc oh okay <laughs> um and so he was at like you know a 7-eleven and you know how like sometimes they have like those prepackaged sandwiches right and so um it was just like, I guess whoever owned the company thought that it would be really funny to have like a lettuce, it was like a lettuce, bacon, um, guac and tomato sandwich or something like that. But it was like LGBT on the package. And I think that whoever, um, wow. you know, was over that, they made it so that it was like this funny little anecdote as well as, you know, selling the sandwich. So this guy posted on social media and was like, see, but there's no agenda. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and, wow. Um, <laughs> he was like really in his bag about this sandwich. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just funny because somebody retweeted it and was just like, yo, this dude is dead ass like threatened by a sandwich right now. And it was just, it, it was asinine. You know, like the whole thing was so stupid. And right. If there is an agenda, I've been missing all the meetings my entire life because I've never been invited. <laughs> so, you know, if there's an agenda, I'm going to need for them to invite me because I want to, you know, give my two cents like everybody else. But <laughs> I don't I don't know nothing about no agenda, y'all, because I haven't been invited to a meeting. <laughs> so I, I, I just I don't get it. Didn't get the memo. But the, the memo is love, child. And they, I think that that's what they don't understand. Now, one thing that I want to quick talk about before we wrap this thing up, um, the whole black men, I feel like black men and I don't know, black men and women towards gay, lesbian, trans, bi, LBGT. I mean, wait, yeah, I forget all the letters at this point. But <laughs> there's so many new letters to think. But I, I feel like... Um, it's just like we have a conversation in some in certain settings, but when you go to like a barbershop or something, you still hear the same ignorant rhetoric just over and over. And it's just like, I don't know, like I was listening to the whole what's his name? Um, his, his, his first name starts with a P, ends with an Aster and Troy's comments about Lil Nas X. And I was just like, do you hear yourself? And I was just like, why is there so much hate for people who are different because i think that's the biggest issue people have a ten i think what's his name kanye west said people have a tendency to disagree with people who don't agree with them like something in them is just like mm -mm, i can't do that not nope you're different you're too different from me so i don't even want to deal with you at all and i'm like if people would just take the time to understand where other people are coming from they wouldn't have such hate in their hearts I think that's where the biggest issue sometimes lies. It's a lot of people just have this ignorant hate about other people. It's like when you hear people say, oh, I just don't like her. Why? I don't know. I just don't like her. I, when it comes to the Pastor Troy situation, um, you can't compete where you don't compare. And, mm -hmm. um, sir, you haven't had a hit since God knows when. I didn't the even last know this time man. You know, like the last time we even heard this man's name is when it was rumored that he was having sex with one of the little women from Little Women Atlanta or something like that. Wow. And 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 so I just I child goodbye. Right. <laughs> goodbye. Have several seats but, wherever you came from. Go back. I feel like that was I'm his saying? little plug for relevance because I was like, who is this man? I don't know who this <laughs> man is. And, and that's my thing. Like, let's just be honest. Like, you've had those same followers that, that promoted that message for forever. Mm -hmm. But those same followers that promoted that message and got you your five minutes of fame are the same followers that don't promote your music. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that that's the part that people, like, people forget 
that your followers amped your message up when it was about some other shit. But when you on there promoting your music and trying to get them to promote your music, they don't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they just showed you that they're, they are capable of, of making sure people can listen to your shit and hear your shit, but they don't do it because they don't like your shit, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, I think that people don't understand the read within the read that they read themselves all the time. Like you just, you just showed the world that your followers have the, 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 the possibility to make all of your shit pop. Mm-hmm. They have the possibility to spread your messages far and wide, but they don't, they don't spread your messages about your music, which is what they, what they really should be doing. Right. Um, but when it comes down to it, you say something homophobic and now all of a sudden you have all it. And to me, that's what I would be getting my followers' asses about. Like, I released a single last week, and y'all niggas ain't, you know, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Like, y'all ain't say nothing about that, but I talk about this little gay boy, and now all of a sudden I'm famous. Like, that's fucked up. Um, and, and and that's the thing that people, I, I think that a lot of these ignorant people miss, is that they're, they, they hell-bends on, um, you know, getting their five minutes of fame no matter how they get it and they should be more focused on you know how they how they moving through the world and and how um their craft is being respected because it's clear that nobody respects his craft um but hey you can't you can't tell these people nothing child um quick i think we're we're going into overtime but i think it's necessary but um i just wanted to know um, this whole Dwayne Wade situation is just recently populated. Um, okay, this is... Wait, when is this episode coming out? Is this co- Okay, it's still going to be relevant a week or two from now. But <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Wade, um, can you just tell the people what that whole situation entails? What all happened? What had happened? Um, I mean, so essentially, Dwayne Wade's daughter um, came out to them as trans. Um, and... Zion now wants to be referred to as Zaya and her pronouns are she, her, hers. And it's just that simple. And Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are like, okay, cool. That's what's up. <laughs> um, and, and this is like the very abridged version of the, of the, you know, the happenings and what goes forth and, and what have you. But it's one of those things where I don't see the problem here. Mm-hmm. The, a, a black man uh, listened to his child and is respecting his child's wishes and understands that his child has every right to have an opinion about the way that, you know, she moves and maneuvers through this life. And that's that. Why are we having a conversation about this shit? You know, like, why are we, why are we having a, a, a whole TED talk about the way that this man is choosing to respect his child's wishes? You know, like, there. Mm-hmm. This this is not a conversation. This is this is Dwayne's child. Um, you know, Gabby as his wife is doing her job as a, as a partner and supporting him, and also supporting Zaya. And it's just like black folk are upset because what they want him to do is to take the low road and do what a lot of them would do, which is allow society to raise your child Mm -hmm. and allow the the woes of of what people are going to think to raise your child. And Dwayne said, nah, fuck that. Zaya wants to be called Zaya and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to support and respect and love her. Um, And a lot of these rappers and a lot of these athletes and other people that he would hang out with just don't understand that shit. You know, mm-hmm. and they were hoping to pull a Kevin Hart because what I want folks to realize is that when Kevin Hart made that stand against LGBT people by saying that he wasn't going to apologize, it wasn't about him. Right. What he wanted to do was be the first black man to say, nah, these LGBT people ain't going to scare me. Mm-hmm. And he quickly saw, like, bitch, nah, we the boogeyman, ho, <laughs> and we don't just hide in the closet. Like, you got me fucked up. Right. Like, nah, you. You know, you're, you're going to respect us as a people because how would you feel if somebody was constantly, constantly, constantly every fucking day disrespecting you as a man because you're small? Mm. And I'm sure that it happens. And my thing is, you don't like that shit outside of a joking manner. But then you turn around and you get your ass on, on this special and, and, and on national television and tell, you know, people that you would hit your son over the head with a dollhouse. And I think that it's really funny um that you have a relationship right because he has a relationship with Dwayne Wade and so now it's really funny that 
that you made that jokey, you made those, you know, those sort of accusations. And now here it is, your friend actually had that situation happen. So I wonder how that relationship between him and Dwayne Wade is, you know, because there, there's a, there's so many layers to this shit. Mm-hmm. But I think that people and what I think that a lot of cis males who are in the industry wanted was for Dwayne Wade to be like, nah, I ain't having that shit. You gonna play basketball? Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and 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 subscribe to toxic masculinity. And when he didn't, that's when it became a conversation. What is going on in the legislative system regarding trans people? Because I've I've seen someone uh, things going around saying um, people in Florida or something support this bill or what what is going on? We have HB fifty seven, um, which has officially sort of kind of been rolled back, but we're not sure what's going to happen at the federal level. Um, but on the state level, they have uh, tabled it. Well, not tabled it, but they've kind of sort of um, uh, parking lotted the, the bill for HB 57. And essentially what that is, is uh, it makes it a criminal offense for trans youth to be treated. Um, and their doctors can go to jail as well as, as well as their parents can actually be going to jail. Um uh, thrown in jail for practicing um, HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy, on minors. Wow. Um, yeah, so it prohibits, uh, even with their parental consent, it prohibits doctors from actually being able to help trans youth, um, which is complete and utter bullshit because nobody should be able to um, walk through these decisions with my child other than me. Right. Uh, so it was a whole thing. It was a, it was definitely a thing, and um, you know, um, it's just it, to me, it's really interesting uh, the way that uh, it's being handled because uh, socially, it just seems like a lot of people uh, who at least know about it don't want there to be any government um, intervention with this, which I think is perfect right Right. um but then on a governmental level there's this argument that says like oh you know you guys don't understand that your kids are mutilating their bodies and you know these new age parents they just want to be friends with their children and you know it's up to us the baby boomers to save them you know like Mm. and it's just um it's asinine and ridiculous but uh overall uh I, I don't think that it, it, it'll be passed, but we still have like a couple of, of weeks left in, in the hurdle before we can say that HB 57 is gone. So um, for now, we've, we've reached a small victory, but we, we still don't know. So where can people find out? Um, where can people find information about that? Do you know? Um, so there's a bunch of different sources. I literally, um, every single other day, like I will uh, hashtag LGBT issues or hashtag LGBT use. Um, there's a thousand of them that don't come to my mind, like just like off the top of my head right now. Um, but I do know that the ACLU um, is my source for most things uh, trans legislative re- uh, trans legislative related. Um, and it's just because they do a lot of the law um uh, they do a lot of the law-making, uh, change-breaking, and shaking history around LGBT people, and that is ACLU. Um, and then also the Trans Law Center does um, a lot of um, work around some of the legislative things as well, so that you can just kind of stay informed and, and know about what's happening. So um, you also have uh, a platform podcast um uh, I listened to it and when I, t- I was just floored. I was just like, <laughs> it was so, it was it was perfect for me to hear right before this show because I, this interview was gonna go somewhere else, but I just didn't know where. But it was um perfect. The episode I'm speaking of is called, uh, what's it? What's an, it's like the, um, reeducating black men. Am I right? Mm-hmm. The re-education um, of the black man. So yes. Hope has this podcast called Can We Talk? Am I right? Yep. And what do you talk about on your podcast? Um, honestly, this first season has been um, a filler season for me. So it's been a lot of getting special guests and um, 
reeling people in with you know the guests mm-hmm. i don't want to continue that in the future there will be like you know i'm, I'm gonna have guests come on periodically but i think that this season was just like i wanted to catch people's attention I wanted folks to want to listen and people want to listen when, you know, they're like their favorite celebs are on their dishing tea and, and whatever. So um, this season has just been like a very interviewative season, but next season will be a lot more of me kind of giving my thoughts around um, certain issues and different things. So I'm really excited for that change. Um, but next season, you can still expect a couple of special guests to pop through. Um, but I am not a pop culture collective uh, podcast, but I'm also not um, a self-reflective podcast. It kind of just bounces around depending on the topic that I feel like I'm most passionate about that day. Okay. So I noticed some of the guests you've had on, uh, one of which was T.S. Madison, was the first episode, am I right? Mm-hmm. Who actually talked to Flint? Did you see that um, interview slash Queen's Court thing with T.S. Madison and Flame? Uh, no, I don't watch the Queen's Court. Oh, I, I saw like just that one episode. I, I don't really indulge. Yeah, I, I don't I don't watch the Queen's Court. And before anybody says anything, me and T.S. Madison are, are we are. She is like my auntie, and she knows that I don't watch the Queen's Court. So okay, do not be messy. <laughs> oh no way. Um, I think we are pretty much wrapped up. It is. I mean, I really enjoyed learning and just having this open dialogue with you um, today. It's all good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. And Hope, just thank you so much for opening up to us about all of these issues that we addressed today. Thank you so much. It's all good. It's all good. Well, that is the very first episode of The Conversation with Khalif. Thank you so much again to my very special guest, Miss Hope Giselle. It was such a pleasure having you. And make sure you guys follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is Hope Disguise. That's H-O-P-E-D-I-S-G-U-I-S-E-D. Join the conversation on our social media platforms at The Conversation with Khalif. That's The Conversation spelled with a K with K-A-L-E-A-F.